This is Acts of Faith. Every day, World Team works to transform communities, make disciples, and reach the unreached. Our unique teams innovate, multiply, and expand the reach of the gospel. Our vision and aim? To make Jesus known. Together, we share the hope of the gospel on a global scale by meeting the needs of communities. These are our acts of faith. Sean and Heather have been serving in the island country of Haiti for the last 12 years. Heather, an MK, has been part of what is now World Team since 1972. Sean and Heather have raised four children on the field and share their backgrounds and the challenges and joys of serving in Haiti in this podcast. What was your work experience prior to joining World Team? Well, I was a pastor in Wisconsin um, after graduating from seminary. And so that was, uh, that prepared me well actually for the ministry that I've been doing in Haiti. And mm-hmm. you too, really, for what you're doing. Yeah. For me, I went to Haiti as an MK teacher mm-hmm. straight out of college. Um, I thought I'd have a job in the States first to get experience, but God had a different plan. So. How did that experience prepare you for ministry in Haiti? For me, having been there as an MK teacher, I totally knew what my kids were getting into. So it was it was a chance for them to kind of live what I had lived mm-hmm. as a child. So that was, that was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, what I had done in the States as a mom, a homeschooling mom, I did the same thing in Haiti. So that took actually a little bit of getting used to and trying to figure out where do I fit, what's my role, because I'm doing the same thing I was doing in the United States, so why am I here? So I had to work through that a little bit. And Sean, how about for you? When I was in seminary, God made it clear in my heart that I needed to be personally engaged in missions. And a former um, leader in World Team, Ed Walker, uh, he would mentor students at Columbia International University, and so I had lunch with him and shared that with him, that I want to I want to train Christian leaders overseas, pastors and other leaders. And he said, well, Sean, you have a fine education from this here institution, but why should anyone want to listen to you? <laughs> uh, but it, it, was, it was the right, I mean, in a very gracious manner. Um, what he was highlighting is education is one thing, experience is another. And what I've seen in our time in Haiti is the fact that I have been a pastor, have done weddings, funerals, preached, attend deacons meetings, all of the stuff that pastors do. Uh, that has made me much more effective in training pastors because I've, I've done it and my students know I can understand. And that um, that's just something that you can't manufacture. You have to live it. So when did ministry in Haiti begin for World Team? So in, I think, 1936, uh, there were Haitians working in the sugarcane fields in Cuba, and they were deported back to Haiti because the Cubans then needed those jobs. And some of those Haitians had become Christians in Cuba. And so when they went back to Haiti, there they were as Christians, but nobody around them were Christians. And so 
that was the beginning of them desiring to have missionaries come and help them and to grow a church in Haiti. And it's really an awesome story of how that all came together. But there was a Haitian man in Port-au-Prince, the plane that had some folks looking for where's the next field that Weston Mission is going to go to, landed in Port-au-Prince. Actually, the boat. The, the boat. <laughs> oh, they, they met each other on the streets, and the, and the man said, please come to southern Haiti. And it was like they felt God leading them, and that was the beginning of the of them knowing about Haiti, and then the work ended up starting. So in 1936, they started a Bible school out where we live at the City of Light, Cité Lumière, and so... And it's been there ever since. So. How have things changed? How have things progressed um, through ministry there? Well, in terms of watching the church grow, it's been amazing. So, you know, coming of, there's just these Christians that came off the boat from Cuba to the mission that we work with is called uh, Mission of Evangelical Baptist Churches of Southern Haiti. So we call it Mebish. And they've planted over 500 churches. So the churches are growing and blossoming. So we we come alongside them to help them more with discipleship. And uh, it's been really neat to see, actually. Yeah, and, and to see the change, cultural change in Haiti. Um, the stories that we've read about from some of the early missionaries of very gruesome voodoo activity uh, child sacrifice, things like that. I mean, that's unheard of now. And that's largely because of the advancement of the gospel, um, education, which the church has advanced, good health care, which the church has advanced. So the ministry in Haiti has been holistic all along. Um, the gospel, discipleship through the word of God, and caring for people's needs. And um, that's been quite tremendous. And likewise in Haiti, Largely, World Team's role all along has been a support role with Haitians, um, especially at least in terms of the church planning, some of the institutions that's been more uh, missionary driven. But uh, with the church planning movement, it's been Haitian from the beginning. And I think that that's a key reason why it continues to thrive. And, but they are very appreciative of the partnership we have. What are the people of Haiti like, and what is the country like? Mm -hmm. well, Haitians yeah, are yeah. very friendly. They are. They, as, if you get out into the countryside of Haiti, mm -hmm. that's the real Haiti. And so you, they welcome you into their home. They serve you coffee that they've been cooking all day long and very strong. And it just is, they welcome you, and it's very refreshing, very nice. So... In the cities, it's a little bit different, and they're more desperate, and uh, there's more sin rampant in the cities. But we've we've uh, made lots of friends, and we have really been thankful that our kids could grow up in Haiti and kind of be away from the commercialism of the United States. So. Haiti is an interesting place too, because you'll have in the mountains illiterate people living in huts with a thatch roof still in, in the 21st century and then in the cities you'll have people who are reading the bible on their smartphones with their 5g internet you know and so it's it's kind of the clash of two two different centuries and um, 
in that sense, at least in terms of ministry, we actually help provide training for pastors and evangelists who are reaching that whole scope of people. And um, it's really quite awesome to see pastors who are learning the Word of God but come from maybe the, the simpler environment and they can reach um, locals in ways that I never could. Um, yeah, one of my students, he's planted four churches and uh, he's not very good in French, <laughs> you know, but it, he doesn't have to. He, he's learned the scripture as well. He knows the gospel and he loves people and he's just a winsome fella. And uh, people respond as he shares the gospel. I mean, that's the delight is to deposit what you can, you know, God's word, and then to see these these Haitian believers, uh, deacons, pastors, evangelists, just going and advancing the gospel still. Yeah. What are some of the challenges that believers face in Haiti? Poverty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have very few jobs are available mm -hmm. in Haiti. So they have a hard life and trying to figure out how to provide for their families, especially pastors. Uh, they have to try to have other jobs as well. And their kids, they want them to go to school. Mm -hmm. They want to give them a good education. They want something better for them than what they've had. And But Haiti's economy is, is tough. And so they're always looking for what can I do to help, you know, so the, the moms are always working and having little businesses of little stores trying to sell things in just to make ends meet for their family. Yeah. But, uh, you know, one positive thing, the church, you know, and Christians, missionaries are not persecuted in Haiti. They used to be generations ago, uh, but now there's a very favorable uh, outlook on evangelical Christians. Um, they see the, the love, they see the, uh, the genuine care for people, they realize how much Haiti as a nation has benefited from the church. And so uh, that's, that's nice, it's good to see that. Uh, and, and Radio Lumiere, uh, which is one of the ministries that World Team continues to support financially, uh, has been a key tool in that, of just uh, presenting the gospel and people respond to it. Some places where there are no churches, the radio radio waves reach there, and the Haitians still listen to the radio a lot. One of the things that comes with living on an island nation like that is weather. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, tropical weather is an issue, um, but handled differently in the United States than it would mm -hmm. be in Haiti. Can you talk mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. a, a little bit about the challenges that you face with that and how ministry can, can work its way into those experiences as well? Yeah. We've experienced lots <laughs> yeah. of weather <laughs> um, and even other events not weather-related. We, we were there for the earthquake in 2010. Hurricane Matthew took the roof off of our house in 2016. There have been several floods. Um, I think what affected us most directly was the hurricane that took the roof off of our house. And when we look back at that time now, we say... God's hand was there. My verse for the, that year was Psalm 84, 7. 
they go from strength to strength. And I know God gave me strength to face the challenges of cleaning up a huge mess and figuring out what we needed to do with our house and the roof and whatever. It was just a mess. But we became more like the Haitian people because their homes were a mess also. And then what we really saw was ministry come out of that. There were these young teenage boys that had been asking us to help them pay for school and we could only come up with a certain amount of jobs in our own yard. And so we would give them jobs. I would, I actually would have them come and squeeze lemons and then I would pay them double if they were going to use that money for school, yeah. you know, and just <laughs> do what I could to help them. Well, after the hurricane happened, we suddenly had mounds of work and mounds of things to be cleaned. And so they came and, and cleaned up the yard. Their moms came and washed 30 loads of laundry by hand. You know, we had no water, we had no electricity, so we had to bring the water by buckets. You know, and what happened is as those young men kept coming, and what they ended up paying for their own school by the work that they did for us. And Sean began to have the privilege of having Bible studies with them as before they would work for the day. And they began to treat him as a dad. And so it opened a whole new phase of ministry for us with those young men that we didn't see coming. So when we look back at it, we say, no, that was a good thing, even though it was very hard. It really was a good thing. Mm-hmm. So. You, you just see that theme in Scripture of God bringing gain through loss, and he sure did that with a, with a hurricane, earthquake as well, but we were more affected by the hurricane. And um, just that privilege, you know, I, I was able to share with one young man uh, who doesn't have a dad, and he came to me in tears just sharing that. And I shared with him how... God provided fatherly advice in the Bible in Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, written by Solomon to his sons. But Solomon says, this is what my dad taught me when I was a a lad, as it were. And I shared with him, I said, you know, God loves you so much that he provided something as your father. And so several months later, I was taking that boy I shouldn't say boy, he was probably like 19 at the time, uh, but that young man and another one home after they had worked for me for the day. And I asked them both, you know, guys, do you, you have a favorite Bible verse? And the other boy answered first and said, well, I think John 3.16. I thought, well, yeah, good choice. <laughs> That's a good verse. Um, but the first one uh, said, oh, I really like Proverbs chapters 1 through 9, especially chapter 4. And I thought, wow, what an opportunity that you just you share God's Word. And God's Word's powerful. And it, it, it really ministered to him profoundly. And that, that just hit me that you know, God's Word doesn't return void just like God's Word says it doesn't. Yeah. I think, too, before the hurricane happened, we had some questions as to how long does God want us in Haiti? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. is our time coming to a close? And... Then the hurricane happened and our jobs totally shifted from what we were doing to reconstructing and building a home and that had never been anything that we anticipated doing in our lives. But with that became came a renewed vigor and mm-hmm. a renewed mm-hmm. calling to be in Haiti at that time. So yeah. that was another positive that came out of the hurricane. 
So you've touched on some stories already, but what, what are some stories of successes that you've seen in Haiti um, in God's work recently? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the church in Haiti has a lot of strengths. They themselves ask that we would still provide backup, as it were. And so training in children's ministry, youth ministry, family ministry, theological education, those are all areas where they um, clearly say we, we would like missionaries. But at the same time, they're doing a lot of great work. And one of the areas that they still can grow in is in sending foreign missionaries. Now there is a missionary couple from Haiti that's serving in Senegal in West Africa, French-speaking country. And that couple was back doing a conference in Port-au-Prince. And so I invited the vice president of the church association that World Team partners with to go with me to this event, which he gladly did. And we had a great time together. But on the way back, I just asked him, so, Pastor Clairsois, how, how did you, uh, how'd you like that? And he said, I am just amazed that Haitians are going to West Africa as missionaries. I had no idea we were even doing that. My church is going to start supporting him. And in fact, not only that, but I'm going to start identifying places in the southern peninsula of Haiti that don't have an evangelical church yet, and my church is going to send short-term evangelistic teams, and we're going to plant some churches in these places. And he just caught the vision locally and globally, and not only did he talk about it, he did it. And so this was four years ago, and he has, every summer, even during COVID, sent evangelistic teams. They have planted multiple churches, and the MEBSH Association themselves, last year, during the pandemic, planted 37 new churches. And so this is the privilege that we get, is to work with this, these kind of people uh, who, are, who are just glad to learn, to be inspired, to have their horizons expanded, and then they're running with it. Uh, and that's really World Team's role, and it's quite a privilege. Uh, have you seen individuals come to Christ on the field? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, honestly, I often, when I share the gospel, I often don't press for a decision myself simply because there's such a strong temptation in Haiti to respond positively to what a foreigner is saying because then people want to have that strong connection with the foreigner. They want to please me. Well, that's a, that's a false conversion. I don't want anyone coming to Jesus because they want to please me. Now, I have led some people to the Lord. I'm not adverse to that, um, but I usually refer them to Haitian pastors because I want them connected to a local church. But, um, but Haitians themselves are very effective evangelists, and so I, I let them do their, their work. <laughs> you know, if God sends someone my way, I take, it, take the opportunity. What unique um, abilities and skills has mm-hmm. God equipped, whether it's you or others that have been there mm-hmm. um, over the years, how has God equipped the teams that have been there mm-hmm. um, for ministry? Mm-hmm. Yeah, World Team's role in Haiti is very much a support role. Um, we are not, we have no intention to go there and just create a ministry that we run. Um, the goal is partnership, genuine collaboration. 
Um, World Team actually did not plant the church association that's there. It already existed, and they invited us to come and help them, and that still is what we do. And I will say that the church association there appreciates that. They appreciate that that humble, fraternal kind of approach that we're here to, uh, to work together. We're here to assist your ministry. And, um, and they do have a strong vision for that. Um, the key thing there is, of course, Haiti is, is an under-resourced country, both in terms of education, finances, and so we do bring that experience. Many of the global trends that affect everywhere, they affect Haiti, but it tends to affect Haiti 10 to 15 years later. And so people doing children's ministry, youth ministry, different, different uh, social trends that are going on in the world, because we've experienced them and we've lived them, we can help the Haitian church to know how to respond to those maybe a little earlier because we've experienced it. It's still coming to Haiti. Um, and so we've had some good success there. We had some, um, some partners seconded to World Team from Germany doing youth ministry. And uh, they were really able to bring some innovative uh, ways of using technology on mobile phones, which at that point was a pretty new for Haiti. Um, but we were able to be on the forefront of, of sharing the gospel that way because they had already experienced it. It was new to Haiti, it wasn't new to them. And so that still is the case uh, in different areas. And so children's ministry, youth ministry, we, we offer, um, we need people who can offer, I would say, innovative, creative ways of sharing God's word with people. Piggybacking off of that, mm -hmm. when you think about people that would be effective in ministry in, in Haiti, what kind of people um, are needed there? What what kind of skills and abilities should would fit well in, in with ministry in Haiti? I would say, number one, we need humble people. <laughs> um, especially, I mean, humility is a fruit of the Spirit, so that's good anyway, but especially in Haiti, because we work in partnership, uh, and there is a tender spot, as is true in many Caribbean and Latin American areas of, of a colonial attitude. Uh, and so if we have missionaries coming from the U.S. or Canada or Europe, Australia, um, they need to not have that in kind of implicit, yeah, we're, we're better, we know better, we've got the answers. No, 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 no. Uh, yes, you do have a contribution to make that will be greatly appreciated. But these are not buffoons we're working with. These are godly men and women who likewise understand their context, their people, and have experienced themselves. And so can they benefit from our, our presence? Uh, yeah, and they want to. Uh, but we also need to understand that they have plenty to teach us too. And so having a humble attitude that, well, let's learn from Jesus together. And let's, uh, let's experiment with different ministry uh, methods and see what God uh, uses, what works. Um, that, that's more what we're looking for. Um, World, te uh, World Team's work in Haiti is primarily now training Haitians to do the work or even training people to train others to do the work. And so we do need people with some experience. 
similar to what I shared earlier when um, Ed Walker said, why should anyone listen to you? I hadn't been a pastor. And so someone who has had experience in children's ministry, doesn't have to be 20 years, you know, if you, they've had some, a number of years of, of some effective ministry, maybe some training, great. We, we, we need you in Haiti. Um, same with youth ministry, you know. So we can we can take people in the, in their 20s if they've been involved. Um, that's that's really the key. I think also there's a Christian school, an English-speaking Christian school there that mm-hmm. is in desperate need of teachers, yeah. uh, all all grades, all subjects. Um, so that's a a ministry people could come and and teach missionary kids and Haitian kids who speak English. Uh, there's two hospitals there that are in need of administrators, um, someone who's willing to to learn from Haitians, but yeah. come alongside and help them. Um, there's there's technological needs. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the the area where we lived was a mission center. They need somebody to yeah. come and fix the broken things. So a maintenance man, uh, you know, somebody who's good at solar, who's good at electrical, plumbing, construction. They're actually looking for a full-time person to to just take care of the mission center. So there's a lot of open mm-hmm. openings. And so. creativity with with like radio broadcasts digitally and online. Um, you know that ministry is still growing, and uh, having someone with the experience that you get in more developed countries is very beneficial. But you know the thing is, all of these feed into the church planning movement that's there in Haiti. So you think, well, what's medical have to do with that? Well, in a voodoo context, most Haitians go to the witch doctor for medical care. And sometimes people get better, but a lot of times they get worse and the family spends all their money and then their child dies or they lose a limb or something. And so with good medical care joined together with the gospel, then they see that, oh, this, this is where it's at. And at the, at the local hospital, dozens of people profess faith in Christ through the work of the, the hospital chaplains every month, dozens. And all of them are referred to a local church. And so, you know, you, of course, you can't make them attend, but there is follow-up. There is the goal of discipleship. There is the goal of growth. And it's all tied together. It, it's holistic from, from the very start, and it continues to be. How can people be praying for ministry in Haiti, for the Church Association, and for its people? Mm-hmm. Haiti has been in a, in a rough political climate for the last three years. Um, at the time of this recording, the president of Haiti was assassinated just a couple weeks ago. Uh, that's obviously very disruptive but in many ways is simply uh, the, the consequence of the last three years of uh, tremendous upheaval. Um, it won't stay that way forever. Uh, Haiti has its ups and downs, and really on the whole, Haitians are a, are a pretty peaceful, peace-loving people. Um, they're also pretty sick of being poor all the time, though, and not having jobs. I understand that. Um, so I think we can pray for peace. Um, that's commended in the scriptures, to pray for peace, to pray for justice for all. 
uh, but then also to pray for church leaders so that they, they know how to lead their people during these challenging times. And that's not easy. It's not always easy to know uh, what answers to give to what's going on. Um, so that would be a key thing. And then uh, for the Lord to raise up new workers for the field. We, we need some fresh blood. To learn more about World Team's ministry opportunities in Haiti, head to us.worldteam.org and click Go at the top of the page. To see prayer requests from workers in Haiti and elsewhere, click Pray. This has been Acts of Faith, a podcast by World Team U.S. For more information on World Team and its ministries, visit us.worldteam.org.